0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com.
1: So rather than just continuing the flow in our Flourish series this morning, we're going to get uh, hit pause. We'll come back to it next week. I want to introduce to you um, a friend and a brother. If God calls us to see him as father... And we all have one father that makes all of us brothers and sisters, right? So I want to introduce Adama to you today. Adama is a friend. Adama is a brother of all of ours. You don't know him, but he's a brother of yours. And he's worshiping with us this morning. Adama is from Senegal. Uh, The last couple of years, we've been able to uh, send teams over to Senegal to see what God is doing there, how the gospel is advancing, and how we can partner with him. So... Uh, Adama, would you join, would you come in, up here and join me? Oh, yeah, sorry, I'll pray for kids. Yeah, keep, come up. Thank you for correcting, let's go. Okay, elementary kids, if you are uh, here, if you're signed in, if you've got a bracelet, would you join me up front? We're going to pray for you. Tab, dab, dab, dab. Uh, I'm not selling these shirts. I will tell you about these shirts, though. Thank you for stopping me and adjusting. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for our children. We thank you for the gift that they are and the excitement that they bring. And we thank you for the joy, the responsibility of Uh, raising them up to know you and to know who they are, who you made them to be. We pray as they go to their class this morning that they would hear your voice, that as they uh, look at generosity and how you've wired us to have generous giving hearts, that something would resonate in them, that they would hear, uh, Holy Spirit, you talking to them this morning and calling them up into you.
0: Mm.
1: We thank you for their teachers who love them and bless them that we get to be a church that does well by our kids. Thank you for their classes this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, kiddos. So, rather than kind of having what, what is normal for us on a Sunday morning to uh, sing some songs, to have some worship, and to then open the Word um, into a sermon, thought this is such a wonderful opportunity for the church. Uh, I don't know the next time that we'll have this opportunity and to be able for you to meet Adama um, and to hear from him and to hear what God is doing in Senegal um, I'm so excited for us to be able to take this time. So we're going to have a conversation in place of a sermon. So you don't have to worry like, oh gosh, these guys are talking for a while and then he's going to preach? Like, just chill, relax, okay? Um, We're going to have an extended conversation this morning. um, And I I hope that God uses this, even maybe more powerfully than a sermon, uh, to reveal what he's doing to reveal how we get to be a part of that, how we are a part of that, um, and just to see the way God moves through brothers and sisters around the world. So, Adama, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I know that you have been uh, traveling around the states uh, this last month. Uh, you've been to, he's been to both coasts. He's been to Maine, and he's been to Seattle, which I'm not—is uh, that warm this time of year? Okay. Do you have him on? Okay. Is it coming through? Good. I need to talk maybe. Uh, good. Yeah. Good deal. It's good. Yeah. Um, so he, he's been bouncing around, and when I heard that he would be in town, he's actually staying at my parents' house in Fond du Lac yeah. this week, and when I heard that, I was like, can we get Adama to come here? Can we, mm-hmm. Would we be able to spend a morning with him? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'd love to encourage him, and I'd love for him to encourage us. Uh, mutual encouragement and challenge and uh, opening up to what God is doing. Amen. So I'm, I'm so excited. What I'd love to do, Adama, uh, if you could introduce yourself and your family,
2: um, let's start there. Thank you very much, Pastor Shannon. I'm very happy to, to be in uh, Damascus Road Church. I want to greet everybody. I want to thank you, and it is a great opportunity to to be here. I met a couple of people from this church, uh, Sally, is it Sally? Yeah, I met with Sally, uh, Mike, and Yes, there's a couple of other people I met from this church, and I think there was Julie. It was the, yes, Julie. It was their first time I think coming to Senegal. It was your first time coming to Senegal, I guess.
1: I've now been to Senegal. Is it four times?
2: I think okay, four, four times. times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm very very happy to be here, and uh, I want to thank you for the support you have been uh, giving to the team that came, you know, from your church to Senegal. Thank you very very much. So. Uh, I am married to a woman named Marie Sen. We both uh, grew, grew up in, a, in the same village. We are related, and we are from uh, Muslim families. I accepted Christ in, in uh, 1988, and I was baptized in 1989. That was with the Baptist Church, and I met Christ in a library. You know, uh, as a, I accepted Christ as uh, an evangelical Christian. But before there, when I was in the village, I was attending a, I was attending a Catholic school. But also in, our, in front of our compound, there was a Catholic church. So being a, a young Muslim, you know, I, it happened to me that I, one Sunday. I heard the choir singing. And that was really what uh, drew me you know, to go to the church. Because when I, in my childhood, I loved to sing and drumming. So when I heard the church singing and drumming, I just wanted to, to be there for the songs. And from there, I decided to be a Catholic, attending a, a Catholic school. After class, you would stay to do catechism. And I remember you were learning very, very good things about Christianity, about Christ. And even I would always, you know, as we were sitting by the fire in the morning, we tell my mom the things we were learning. My mom is a Muslim, so. And uh, I moved to the city for my secondary school. And that was when, in between my school and the home I was living, there was a Baptist church with a library. I was so, you know. Hungry to know more about Christ. And there was uh, a window on the bookstore of the Baptist Church, and I could read from outside the streets, you know, see what was inside and the title of books. <coughs> well, I decided to get in the bookstore, and the people invited me to a Bible study they were having every morning at 10. And when I had a break at school, I would come there. So after several Bible studies, they asked me if I wanted to receive Jesus Christ. I said, yes, but I did not understand. I said, I was already a Christian, I mean a Catholic. And they said to me then, they explained to me there is a difference in between Catholic and Protestant. So they explained to me all the differences using the Bible. And it was not difficult for me to accept that. So, and then from 1989 I, I was there at the church very um, committed leading youth groups leading S- sunday school service and even keeping the church when the pastor was uh, traveling etc and uh, my wife is uh, as i said from a muslim family she accepted christ in 2012 no in, no in 2003 and um, she was baptized in 2004, and we married in 2005. We decided that being from Muslim families, it would be good if we can do the wedding in the village. So we invited the church to come to the village and to celebrate our wedding in front of you know, our relatives and all the community in the village. It was, it was wonderful. You know. But for sure, it was not easy you know, when, I became a, when I became a Christian. Because um there was a kind of uh, verbal persecution, like um, my uncle, my uncle the the big brother of my mom, when he heard that I became a Christian, he came to my village and wanted to meet with me and talk to me that you know it's not good to be a Christian. Uh, I would love that you become you come back in islam i heard what he said, I listened to him you know, politely, but I knew I was not going to do what he was saying because uh, to me, leaving Islam and becoming a Christian is a matter of you know, um, eternity because in Islam, there is not a conviction of you know, uh, having life after death. Because in Islam, we rely on the good things we do, like there is a scale. When you die, God will put your, your, your works or your deeds you know, on a scale. If the good works are, are heavier than the bad you know, works, then you can inherit heaven. But in Christianity, we know that we have eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been forgiven our sins once we have accepted Christ. And that was so clear to me that I said, I'm not going to risk, you know, my eternity uh, saying in Islam. (laughs) So, and uh, my namesake said, he's a Muslim. He said, if he knew I was going to be a, a Christian, he would not accept that his name be given to me, I say, okay. And the younger brother of my father, also, he was a Catholic, and he said, now that I have become a a Christian, he doesn't allow me any any longer to touch to anything that belonged to him. My father threatened to beat me once when I was a Catholic, but when I became an evangelical Christian, he did not really uh, persecute me. My mom, since I was Catholic and became a Protestant later, was very supportive of me. Being a Muslim woman, she would always you know, give me all the things I needed to celebrate Christmas. And that was so good to me. And later, when I, became, when I started working for the Baptist Church as the administrator and the finance man, you know, my mom, when Tabaski arrived, Tabaski is that big Muslim feast where every family will uh, slaughter a you know, uh, ram. And my mom wanted me to help the family with that and I said to my mom that i I love you very much and I'm ready to help you in you know all the things you may need but for this specific thing, you know I'm so sorry that I cannot do it because my prayer for you is to accept Jesus Christ, you know and I don't want to encourage you in your faith in Islam and my mom is very open, you know he, she like um, when, I, when I went back home from Maine, Maine, the church in Maine has adopted my village and they have built a church this year. So I wanted to go to the village and meet with the believers in my village and do a Sunday service together and share a meal together. And I invited my mom to come to church. You know, I'm from a polygamous family. My mom was the second wife of my father. So I invited my mom to come and my aunt, the first wife of my father when he, when when she saw that my mom was dressed very well very nicely to go to the church and she didn't I didn't invite her she said she sent someone to me say go tell adama why did he invite his mom and not me <laughs> so i said <laughs> i sent my older son to 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 this lady i mean to my aunt and another lady in the compound to come join us at the church and we had a good celebration This is very amazing, Muslims, you know, accepting to come, you know, in the church to worship with us. My mom is very open. She would come even from the village to the city where we are living in chess and spend Christmas with us. She would come in the church. But my wife used to tell her, you need to accept Jesus Christ. But she would always say no, no, because my husband died a Muslim and I want to die a Muslim. Kind of, she wanna be faithful to her husband, and I'm praying God to use vision to show her that Jesus Christ is the way. And I ask you to pray also for that. My mom's name is Jarafai. So to come to your questions, you know we have five. We have five kids. We have five kids. Uh, five boys. Uh, the oldest one is Elise Nipoy, who is 12. Phil Jean Sombel, who is 11. Uh, Alain Bouchard, who is nine, and Robert Adama, who is um, eight. And we have a young daughter who is four months old, four months and something. So we all live in, uh, in the city. But we, we, we go to the village many, many, many times, because our village is not very far. It is about um, like uh, 20 minutes from, from the city where we live in. So that's my family.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Good. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Uh, it's it's powerful, Adamat, to hear about uh, growing up in a Muslim family mm-hmm. and hearing the drums call you to Jesus. Yes. You know, like that was <laughs> that was the first call. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that mm-hmm. God had put him in use, yes. on, an interest, mm-hmm. and that he he called you through that. And then later on, meeting Jesus in the library. <laughs> yep, uh, um, that was wonderful. That's hearing. Hearing the specific call of Jesus, not just to good works, but um, but the sacrifice that he paid mm-hmm. and the life that he offers, mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. could say, that's yep. worth everything I have. That's true. It's, worth, it's worth an uncle
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, pushing me away. Mm-hmm. It's worth a namesake saying, yep. I don't even want you to carry my name. Wonderful. And the heaviness of that, and yet the value of mm-hmm. Jesus... Mm-hmm that you Mm -hmm. say it's worth it. Yes. It's joy that is worth more than Mm -hmm. the pain. Mm -hmm. That's Um, true. true. So it's just encouraging Mm -hmm. to hear Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. talk about the way that you have heard and accepted Mm -hmm. Jesus and what he's done in your life. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us, Mm -hmm. um, first, uh, this is not what I normally wear on a Sunday morning. Um, but these shirts have significance. Can you tell the church uh, significance of these shirts? And then we'll get into talking a little bit more about Senegal.
2: Yes, uh, you know, I remember this, this day. It was a very, I mean, a moving day in Senegal when the team came, uh, Dev Colvin and the members of the team who came to Senegal. You know, the village of Godel is very, very thankful you know, for having uh, friendship, having community church, and uh, Damascus Road, coming to the village and doing all the things that have been done this 11. I mean, how many years have you been coming to Godel, Dev? 15 years?
1: The community church in Fond du Lac has a partnership in Senegal with this village of Godel, Mm -hmm. and they've been going for 15 years, and my dad, uh, Dave Colwyn, has led that. Uh, He's been on every one of those trips through Mm -hmm. the last 15 years and Mm -hmm. has led teams, and then a couple of years ago, Damascus Road Mm -hmm. joined with community in in that uh, partnership.
2: Yeah, and two years ago, I think it was two years ago when the team came, the woman and the church in Godel, they wanted to honor, you know, Dev and Shannon and, and me as the director of Mission Inter-Senegal. And they decided to get this fabric because in our culture, I am uh, a Serer. In the Serer ethnic groups, this fabric is, has um, a great value. When people die in the community, we wrap them with, with this for burial. And when also they put the babies on the on their back, you know, they usually use this. And you will see many of the men, you know, from the several ethnic groups wearing, you know, clothes made out of this. So it was it is something that has a value in our in our culture. And that's why they wanted to I mean, honor Dev, Shannon, and me. You know, uh, making this for for us as clothes. That is the meaning of this. You know, this is I mean something very important in our culture. Yeah, we so the, a lot. the
1: the value and the honor to me is like this is a tangible expression of grace to me. Mm-hmm. That you know as well as I do that I I don't deserve to put this shirt on. Uh, I am uh, not so rare. Um <laughs> I'm not from that tribe, I'm not mm-hmm. from that ethnic group, mm-hmm. and yet uh, I'm welcome there mm-hmm. and when they say we want you to have this it, it's an expression of saying Thank you. you belong mm-hmm. here you're yeah. a part of us mm-hmm. um, yeah. somebody actually said that shirt means you're true serere mm-hmm. like, yeah. mm-hmm. that is <laughs> not something I earned, right? Yeah. Um, but it's something that I'm given and mm-hmm. that's an expression of grace yeah. mm-hmm. um, yeah. and so I'll I'll wear this as, um, as an expression of grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love that. Amen. So Amen. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, just the, uh, the backdrop of Senegal? What, um, what is the country like? What's the religious mm-hmm. uh, makeup of Senegal? And then mm-hmm. um, what are some of the strong cultural values uh, in Senegal and even, even beyond Senegal because um, within Senegal and beyond, mm-hmm. there are a number of tribes mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That, that make up the territory, that, that land. So tell us, about, tell us about Senegal and maybe even Wolof and Serer people. Mm-hmm. Um, give yeah. us a snapshot of that. Uh,
2: thank you. Uh, you know, Senegal is... Uh, very different from many African countries. It may seem that I'm bragging about my, 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 my country, but this is, I think this is true. You know, <laughs> Senegal is known uh, as the Pays de la Teranga, the Pays de la Teranga, the country of Teranga. Teranga is um, warm welcome. If you are somebody who has Teranga, It means you are somebody who is very welcoming, you know, people always, you know, receiving guests. A person who is peaceful, a person who is sharing, who a person who is who respect other people. So Senegal is known, you know, to be a country of teranga. And Senegal is one of the rare country that are politically uh, steady, stable, steady, you know. It is a very peaceful country, and Islam and Christianity uh, get along very well. Despite you may there may be some uh, maybe small persecutions, you no know, verbal persecutions in some areas, but not very very much and not very strong. And I think the reason why Senegal is like that is first of all. We were very lucky to have our first president when Senegal was being independent in 1960. There was a Senegalese. I mean, our first president. His name is Leopold Sedar Senghor, and he is he he he, he is a sereb He's a he's a serer. Senghor was a very learned man. He was very brilliant. Brilliant, you know, in uh, in his studies. He was the first black African to have aggregation on French grammar. And he was a member of the French Academy. And so I think you know what I'm talking about. French Academy is the place where the the the, 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 the the, the thinking about the new words to, to add to the French language. I mean, discussing these kind of things in the French Academy, taking these decisions. So he was a member of that, and he was, um, he was, I mean, intellectually oriented president, but not really like militarily oriented president. And when Senegal was getting being independent, he said, "Yes, Sen- we want to be independent, but with friendship with France." And other countries like Guinea, who is a uh, next door country, they didn't, ha- they didn't want to do anything with France. And that made it very, very difficult for his country. But because our first president was a friend of France, so he helped the country also to, to, to keep up with that good relationship with France. And he was a poet also. He was a great poet. You know. He used to say that he had fallen in politics. But this was not something he wanted to do. And the particular things Senghor was doing that helped Senegal to be a peaceful country is, like I have noticed, whenever I go to YouTube and try to look at the, 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 his uh, interviews, you know, about him, I never heard Senghor talk Serer. He is a Serer, but whenever someone came and tried to talk to him, you know, in Serer, he would not answer you in Serer. He would answer you in French or in Wolof. And I remember he went to visit the house of his father, which is right now um, a museum. The guard who was there, he was a Serer. He kept asking him questions in Serer, but Senghor never answered him in Serer. And this was very meaningful to me, because Senghor didn't want to raise up the Serer ethnic groups you know, as the most important ethnic group in Senegal and the second thing he was doing is when he was appointing people in his administration he would take a serer and send him in a wolof area and would take a wolof send him in a jola area etc because he didn't want to raise any ethnic groups you know above the other one and i think we were very very lucky to have a president like that and even he he created he opened you know the i mean he 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 decided to, to create more than one party in Senegal, which was very, very important demo- democratically. The first party that, was, uh, that, that, were, uh, that, that he allowed you know, to exist was the party of Ablaywad, PDS. And that was, I think, uh, the foundation of the democracy. The other factor that made Senegal to be a peaceful country and allowing Muslims and Serer you know, Muslims and Christians to live together is the cousinage, cousinage. you know, relationship that exists in between the ethnic groups. Like, uh, there are three main ethnic groups that used to tease one another using the cousinage, you know, relationship. Like, in between the Serer and the Jola, the Jola are the ethnic groups living in the south, in the south of Senegal, in the region of Casamance. We say that. These two ethnic groups came from two siblings, two women siblings, Agat and Jamboin. In some ways, they went in the forest, a very, a very thick forest, and they got lost, you know? And they were not able to find themselves. I mean, no one was able to find the other one. So each one of these women went his way, and they found it these two ethnic groups, you know, the Serer ethnic groups and the Jola ethnic groups. And because of that, we, 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 we have sworn that no Jola or Serer should fight, you know? We should not shed blood, and because we are cousins, we, we come from the same mother. So we are, we, are, we are relatives, so we should not fight. And the other ethnic groups like the the Fulani people or the Jola people or the Tukler people who used to live in the north of Senegal on the north of uh, River Senegal, you know the severalrah ethnic groups my ethnic groups we are i mean the history says that we come from Egypt, history says that we come from Egypt, and even there was a uh, and uh, a man in, I found in, uh, in Central African Republic, when I went there for seminary for two years, I went to a shop in, a, in a hardware in a downtown Bangui. And I met with a man who, who really looked like a Senegalese. And I, took, I tried to talk to him in Wolof. But he said, no, I'm not from Senegal. I'm from Mali. But he, he told me something which was very interesting about my, my, you know, the origin of the Serer people. He told me that, you know, in the past, his real grandfather had told him that there were a group of black people living in Yemen for a very long time, I mean, very long time back. And this group of people from Yemen had traveled along the Nile River to go to Egypt. And they stayed in Egypt for many, many, you know, centuries. But because of war and drought and drought, these black people traveled from Egypt down to Africa. And when they were coming to Africa, they split into three groups. One group went to Chad. The other group went to, Ni- to Nigeria. And the third group went to Senegal. That is the ethnic groups. And, uh, you know, when they came to Senegal, they stayed a long time on the north of, of, of the river Senegal. And they were living there with the Tukular and the Fulani ethnic groups. And it was from there that the Serer ethnic groups had moved down toward to coast, toward the coast, and because of this um, living together for a long time, the Fulani and the Serer considered themselves as cousins, you know. And we decided that we should not fight. And whenever, like, we are having issues, somebody is, I mean, is getting is starting to get angry, you know you you will start teasing him you know using this cousin age you know relationship and the person will will not get you know angry he will understand but you use that to tell the person the things you want to tell him and if he is about to you know get angry you can tell him no you are my slave you know you are my slave you know and like i always tease with the 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 two-color. when they see me they say i am their slave so when they when they, when when they talk first, I say no. You know, uh, a, a slave cannot have a slave, and this is how how we are talking. And it is, it is it is something which is very 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 important. You know, to be able, you know, to calm someone when he is unhappy or when he is he's, he's about to be unhappy. You 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 start telling him, no, man, you are my cousin. Why are you going to get upset? You know, because of this. You know, and you just give him a pat like this, oh, and it's it's done. You know, and because of this, you know, uh, even the, the the Wolof people, they they have jumped in. You know, they are doing this kind of cousinage also in between the Serer, you know, and the other ethnic groups. Like they would tell me, oh, you are only a Serer. If, if 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 there is an issue between me and a Wolof, you know, and I'm getting angry, he can tell me, no, you are only a Serer. You know. Don't get mad to me. And when he said that, you know, that's calm me down. And this is this is a, a very important factor that has um, allowed Senegal to be a very peaceful country. Like and we, we and we cultivate that. We cultivate that, you know. We we I mean we would Senegalese people will tell you that we don't want to shed blood. No, we don't want to do that. And most of the time when you heard these kind of things in Senegal. We always say that this must be from somebody from outside. somebody from outside. But Senegalese people, they don't, I mean, they, they fear to shed blood or to kill somebody. You know?
1: It has been interesting to me to watch some conversations as we walk around uh, compounds in the village um, where Christians and Muslims are interacting and having loud conversations. Mm-hmm. And to me, it feels like, oh, this is getting heightened. Maybe it's time to abort. Um, and, and then have our friends, our translators, say, no, 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 we're just having a discussion. We're, we're good. But it's like a lively discussion, and they're going back and forth, and the the, the rapid speech is something to watch. Uh, it's, it can be alarming until you have uh, friends and brothers who actually know what's going on, say, no, no, we're, we're good. This is Senegal, and this is how we do things. This is... This is how we relate with one another. Yeah, I have, yeah. it, I have mm-hmm. seen, only a glimpse, but I have seen, when you talk about Senegal being the land of welcoming, mm-hmm. oh my goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. That is, um, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is practiced. Mm-hmm. I have
2: experienced that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but you know, our first president, he was a Catholic, but he was, he was mainly elected by Muslims. Because Senegal is, I mean, 95% Muslim, you know, that was amazing.
1: And so, peace, peace, is a rule of the land. Yes. Beyond even religious differences. Yes. So yeah. people can get worked up mm-hmm. and get animated, mm-hmm. and yet say, "We're
2: peace has mm-hmm. to rule.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We cannot break peace." Um, and and another factor I forget to talk about is. You know our our last president Abdullawa, he was kind of talking about you know wanting Senegal to have the Sharia law run by Sharia. you know Sharia this, that's the Islamic law. But it was the first people to say no to that was, were the Muslims. you know they are ninety five percent Muslims, but they don't want Sharia law in Senegal, because even i mean that's that's not something we can we can i mean we want, because it would really separate Christians from Muslims, and it, 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 it would i mean—it would be very, very bad if you had Sharia law in Senegal. But Muslims were the first people to, to say no to that.
1: Yeah. So, Adama, you're the director of an organization called Mission Inner Senegal, or mm-hmm. short is MIS. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about MIS? What is MIS, and what, what's the vision,
2: mm-hmm. and what do you do? Miss uh, is a, a local mission in Senegal. So the vision to start Miss came um, in 1974. That was when Billy Graham and John Stott, you know, invited the churches throughout the world to meet at Lausanne and to talk about mission, to talk about what to do to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the unrich people. And there was a Baptist missionary who was in chess who started our church. He was the one who represented Senegal to that meeting. That his name was Don Penny. Now he he, he died now. And when one of the recommendations of that gathering at Lausanne was that all the countries, you know, attending that meeting, they were encouraged to start a local mission in order to bring the good news to the unrich people in his country. So when Don Penny came back, he met with the leaders of the church in Senegal, and with uh, world vision, and with pioneer mission, to talk about what could they do to put this recommendation you know, into, I mean, fulfillment, or to accomplish this recommendation. And it was then that they decided we need to have a local mission. And Miss started in 1995. And the vision of Miss is to plant churches in Senegal. Um, and since Miss exist, you know, up to now, existed up to now, we have planted about 20 churches, 20 churches. And in the process, it was very, very important that Means at the the strategy, you know, of developing partnership with uh, Western churches, and also sending church planters in the areas we, where we wanted to do church planting activity. So, the partnership was something very very important, and all of these churches that had been planted, you know, were planted because of the partnership we have with uh, many of. Uh, the Ameri- I mean, among the American churches, actually, we have about nine partners from the U.S. You know, working alongside me. We have uh, two uh, from France and one one uh, mission in Asia. We're working with Alliance Global Service. They they are also our our partners. So. Uh, yeah this is this is what we're doing I mean what Miss is doing is you know church planting activities sending church planters in, in the area where we want to do uh, where, we, where we want to plant a church, but we do that also in partnership with the local churches yeah. like our strategy is multiplication multiplication, and we are very, very happy now that you know all the first all of the first churches we had planted now they are reaching other villages like the village where dev and uh, his church have been working for 15 years now you know they have uh, they have planted two new churches we don't have the building yet but in each villages we have believers like in uh, in Bak-N-J-K, we have 20 believers there in habada also we have 16 believers and the outreach in those two villages was done you know by the by the by the church in godel so multiplication so,
1: so. MIS is a church planting organization then that uh, joins with the local church mm-hmm. and helps to support the local church and uh, bless the local church and encourage and equip. Exactly. And so Pastor exactly. Joseph is the pastor of the, uh, the church in Goodell. Mm-hmm. And uh, Emma is now a young co-pastor and even uh, Wagon, Wagon. Wagon has come on as a mm-hmm. young man who's gone through some training and he's growing up as mm-hmm. a pastor. We as a church actually support Wagon on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, get to, we get to support and pay his salary mm-hmm. um, on a monthly basis, which mm-hmm. is uh, very, very low, mm-hmm. but it, it's a helpful support. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 15 years... Community Church has been investing uh, in Mies and in the church in Godel. And God is doing something right now yes. yeah. where the church is spreading to the neighboring villages. Mm-hmm. And the church is growing and the gospel is advancing. And these neighboring villages start to have a church because the church is people, right? Mm-hmm. And fellow Christians are coming together. And I remember, um, I think it was the last time we were there. Mm-hmm. Michael, you can tell me if this is Right where we had a Muslim man, we were drinking tea together, and the Muslim man said of of one of these villages, Mm -hmm. if you build a church Mm -hmm. in this area, Mm -hmm. it will grow. People will come. Mm -hmm. People will leave their Islamic faith, and they will become Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, The gospel is moving and Mm -hmm. advancing. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't possible, really, without Mies. Mm -hmm. Mies is this church planting and church Um, empowering Mm -hmm. organization and then Mies also looks for partners Mm -hmm. uh, from the United States and from France and from around the world to come in and uh, and help with that Mm -hmm. so can you talk just a little bit about partnership we I want us I want us to know at Damascus Road we're not what makes this happen Mm -hmm. right we're not going to come in and save the day we're not going to come in and make all things right But we're invited into
2: partnership. Yeah.
1: Well, what what does that partnership look like?
2: Yeah. Maybe before talking to the partners, I would like to precise something. You know, uh, among the, it is true that the work is moving and advancing in Senegal, but it's it is uh, quite difficult in the Wolof area, in the Wolof area where we have been working for more than 11 years, but there is no believer. So. All the churches we have planted are in certain areas. But among the Wolof, I mean, we are working in uh, four Wolof villages. And we have been present there for 11 years. But there is no believer. So this means that this is a, I mean, a big challenge to us. But I think we should not say that we have failed you know, in those villages. Because I think the goal we have, we can say we have two goals you know, in doing evangelism. I think the first goal is to make sure that the people have heard about Christ. And I think that was what Christ also was doing when he was you know, in, uh, in Palestine. He was going everywhere preaching the good news and people were hearing. Some people accepted, but others did not. And if the first goal is to make sure that people have heard about the gospel, we can for sure say that we have, been successful in this wall of villages, being present there in this, during those 11 years. Even if there is no believer, we know for sure that people have heard about Christ. And even I, 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 I saw something very, very uh, exciting when we were, I think it was uh, last year, when we were in a wall of village. The, has, the, the wife of the church planter, when we went to visit the school and we were with the kids, playing with them in the school, Suddenly, the wife of the church planter, who is a Muslim, she started to sing with the kids, this is the day that the Lord has made. A woman, you know, Muslim. And this tells me that people have known more than we think they know about Christ. And it's very encouraging to us. It's very, and I think we need to understand that so that we may not be discouraged to continue the work we are doing also among the world of Christ among the of people. So as you said, I think to be successful in mission today, we need partnership. We need partnership. There are some areas in Senegal, like in the of areas, where access is very difficult. Like the village, there is is one village where we have a partner who have adopted the village, that the the village of uh, Pastor Jerry Lewis. Dev knows, uh, knows this pastor. When we went, when the team came and we went to that village, we were doing soap distribution. We were going into the compounds. We divided the team into similar groups. We were going into the compounds and distributing soaps you know, to the women and praying for the people in the compounds and, and talking to them also about, about Christ. But there was one specific home, uh, compound that they don't usually go. Because the people are people who living the family living there is a very, like radical, uh, Muslim, uh, radical Muslims. But when the team came, we did go to that compound, and we didn't know what was happening there. But the church in that village knew, and this is one of the main reasons why we need the partnership. Because when our partners are there, we are bold enough, you know. They ignore the barriers, you know, that exist. What they just want to do is to go in every compound to witness. And we also go with them, you know? And this is why I said that we really need this partnership. You know, people coming from outside to work alongside me. And usually, I mean, not usually, but everywhere we go, people welcome us because the guest we have. Because in Senegal, as I said, Senegal is a country of Teranga. And because of this Teranga, they will accept and welcome everybody. Are you actually if, saying,
1: if, Adama, mm-hmm. that when we come over with teams mm-hmm. in partnership, mm-hmm. that the church in uh, the villages is able to go into compounds that they wouldn't normally go in? Exactly. Because we're there, because exactly. the culture says, welcome the guests.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, that, that is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, some people say that it is better to send the money, you know, and not to go. But I said, no, we need to receive, you know, the, the teams to come. We need them to come because this, this is how they, they help us. You know, this is how they help us. And as I said, Senegal is a, a country of welcoming. And because of that, when, for example, we go to a wall of area, where maybe people don't want to would not receive us if we came on our own, because of the presence of our guests of our partners, they will always you know come and be with us. Yeah. We showed the Jesus movie in Wall of Villages. We showed other evangelistic movies we have in the Wall of Villages. They will be always open to us, you know. And but not only that, you know, in the in the communities in the villages there are many 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 needs. When they see the partners also coming, this is hope for them. So, the partnership or adopting a village is something that brings hope to the people. Because they know, you know, these are people of God who love them, who are ready to share with them the blessings God has given to them. And they're expecting, you know, to get something from the teams. And they want to be your friends and they want to be welcoming. Most of the time, the, people, the teams would say, we don't want to be a burden to the community. But I tell you, whenever you come, people don't want you to go. They want you to stay. They want you to stay. So the partnership is very important to us because it helps us you know, have access to some areas that are not open to the gospel. The partnership helps us also be more efficient in the work we are doing. You know, people listen to us because of the blessings also that the team bring in the community. And not only that, but we would not not be able to reach our goal, which is to plant churches if we didn't have these partners. Because we don't have the financial resources, you know? And it is very important for me. I said, whatever the projects we are helping the community with, our main goal is not development projects. But our main goal is to share Christ and to plant churches. But when it is difficult, the projects makes it easy you know, to churches. Yeah.
1: So this is actually something that's very encouraging and challenging for us. Um, we want, we, teams tend to go over with the idea of what can we do? What can we do? And the message over and over and over is 95% of your job is done when you arrive. That you have come is your job. And if you stay with us, that's your job. As long as you're here, mm-hmm. as you continue to be here and be present, your job is done, mostly. Now, we can look for ways to engage, and mm-hmm. we can look for ways to, mm-hmm. uh, to jump into things, but mostly, um, we're not going to produce anything in the way we think about it. And that's a stretching concept for us. But um, And we would, we would tend to say... Wouldn't it be just more productive if, rather than paying for airfare, we just sent the money for projects and helped the church that way? And I hope that you hear Adamus saying, no, no. Like, we need relationships. Mm-hmm. We need you here. Um, that you come advances the church, or God uses that. Not because we're skilled, not because, like, we have anything special, but, but because of the dynamic of the culture and the welcoming of guests, it opens doors to the gospel that would not be there without that. Mm-hmm. So just by going, we're helping. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that true, yeah. what I just said? Yes, yes, that's true.
2: I would like to to say something about these boxes. So, you know, I want to thank your church. I didn't know that you're, you're also part of this, this projects. You know, this is um, one of the evangelists Activity we do is kids' club. Kids club. In all the villages where we're working, we do Kids Club. At the beginning, we may have maybe a few of the kids. But when we are closing the kids' clubs, we use these boxes, you know, to, to give to the kids. And this gives them, you know, great joy. You can see how happy the kids are. And next year, when we start. Like we have more kids than we have box to give. You know? And this is very, very, very important. And I remember in my village, the first time we shared these boxes, there was a little young girl who received this box. She was so happy that I think she kept my name in her heart. And whenever wherever she saw my mom in the village, I mean, she was very, very little, but she was acting like an old woman. She, was, she will always ask my mom, where is Adama? How is, how is he doing? Please, greet him when he comes you know, to the village. And whenever I came to the village, my mom will repeat me these things. And I was so happy. And one day, one, one day that church in Maine, they came to visit the village. You know, and we were going to visit the, the the village chief, and on our way to the village chief, I met this young girl. As soon as she saw me, she ran, you know, and come before me to greet me, and I was so touched in my heart. Her father died, you know, years ago, and when I saw her coming from Arabic school in the village, I asked her, "Where are you coming from?" She said that she went to the Arabic school. I say. Are you not attending attending the French school? She said no. I say why. He said because nobody put me in the school. I say okay. Where's your mom? She said my mom went to the city. You know, the women in the villages they go to the city every day to work and get something. You know, from the I mean for the family. As I said, her father died and she really her mother needed to do something also to support you know his her, her kids. I say okay. Do you want to go to school? She said yes. I say, okay, so when your mom comes, please tell her to give you your birth certificate. I will, I will send you to the, Catholic, to, the, to the French Catholic school. And when the mother came, she talked to her and she gave her birth certificate and I sent her to school. That was in November, school start in October. And when they had the first semester in the school, she was the first in the class. And she took the copy book, brought it to my mom, and said, when Adama comes, please give him this. Give him the copybook to see. When I came and my mom saw me that, ah, uh, I was crying for happiness. I was so happy. And I said, you know, this is, look, this is a young girl, very brilliant, very, 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 very intelligent. But I I, I felt that she was going to pass, you know, she was going to miss maybe her future. And she was so intelligent, and I was so happy you know to be able to adopt her and now she is uh, in a you know in secondary school almost in high school and she's very very good at school and all of these things happened you know because of this this you know some little shoeboxes. and even something happened to her you know there is a phenomenon in the schools in Senegal the young the young girls in the schools are usually you know having some uh, kind of uh, experiences that are from the evil one. Like they will fall in the schools and screaming. And this happened to this young girl in the, in the school in the village. One day she was going to school. She met with something the other people did not see. But she, but she saw it and she fell down. And then she, she could no more go to school. Or the other, the following days she went to school she was in the classroom but she could not write when she was writing her hands was you know shivering she, kept, she, she could not write and she kept crying and the, the other day the husband of the, the second husband of her mom took her by her hand say okay let's go to school so when they got i mean at some place on the road she saw again Two men, one of them, of them was very tall, and the other was shorter. But he, the husband, his, 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 I mean, his, uh, how, how would I call that? Her stepfather didn't see what, he, what, what she saw, and, she's, and, and, she, and she fell again. And they returned to school, I mean, and, and, they, and, and they returned home. So when I went to school to pay for her, for her school fees, I went to her classroom, and they told me, no, she's not here. I said, why? They said, because, you know, she is, I think, he says uh, she is meeting with the genie. The genie is a spirit, you know, a spirit. That, that taller man he saw in the, with, with the other man, the tallest man is the genie. And the other man I know, I know, I know the other man. And he is a man whom we said, you know, is involved with witchcraft. So when I saw that, I said, okay, I think I need to do something about this. And the following night, that night, I dreamed that as I was coming to school, there was a big stone, you know, by uh, beside the schoolyard. And I, in the in the vision I had at night, I was sitting there with this young girl, and we were I was leading her to Jesus Christ. I, I was leading her to accept Jesus Christ, and I was showing her how she can pray for I mean, on Jesus' name to be protected. So that was a dream I had at the night. So the next night, you know, I went to school. And she came to school, and I grabbed her on, by the hand. I woke with her, you know, to, 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 to make a turn around the school. And I was praying. All the time we were walking, I was praying for the school. I was praying that, you know, God will uh, cast out every evil you know, spirit that is in the school. After we finished, that stone I saw in the night, that was exactly where I sat. We sat together and I talked to her about Jesus Christ and I wrote a prayer you know, for her, telling her you know, that next day, when you are about to leave the, your, your home, say this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ and you go to school. And I was so passionate you know, for this end. The next night, I went to the school with my guitar. We have, we have three other believers. And I went to the home to this, to, this young, to this young girl, took her with his brother. We went to the school at night, and we were praising God, you know, praising the Lord Jesus Christ and praying that no more evil in the school. You see, we were very bold doing that at night. Maybe some, maybe some evil could at- attack us, but because we have trust in the Lord, you know, since that day, nothing is happening in the school. And I asked the teacher, can I pray in the classroom for the kids? And he said yes. And all this relationship started because of these boxes. I wanted to tell you this, guys, to encourage you. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, wow. Yeah.
1: -hmm. Oh. God is powerful. Mm -hmm. And God is powerfully moving. Mm -hmm. I think he's moving here. Mm And it's certain, as you hear Adama, Mm -hmm. that he's moving in Senegal. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, To be able to call on the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. and watch the enemy fall and be unable to uh, hurt people anymore or hold people back Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. is something that has been amazing in Senegal. um, What I have noticed is people in Senegal generally are much more apt to see the spiritual, Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: see the spiritual realities that are happening all around, then we tend to be here. We tend to look for all kinds of other rational uh, reasons about things that are going on, and we take God out of things. People in Senegal tend to look to the spiritual maybe first, Mm -hmm. and they'll look to all kinds of things. They'll look Mm -hmm. to witch doctors, and they'll look to Mm -hmm. all kinds of things, but when the name of Jesus is spoken, Mm -hmm. you can see Responses yes. immediately, yeah. Adama. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I, I asked you if you had a blessing, or an encouragement, or an exhortation, a challenge for the church here. We need to wrap things up, okay. but um, but I don't want to miss this opportunity. We don't get to have you here often. Is there a word that you would have us hear? Um, maybe from you, or it could be from the Lord this morning mm-hmm. that He's put on your heart. What? Mm-hmm. What do you think that we need to hear this morning?
2: I wanted to share with you. You know, I have passion for the mission. When I went to seminary, I, I, I you know, since my, since I accepted Jesus Christ, God has had given me, you know, His grace to be working for the church. Or, you know, I was the administrator of the Baptist Church for seven years, and I went to CAR for three years to do seminary. So from the seminary, I was saying that when I go back to Senegal, one thing I would like to do is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ using music, using music. And that's exactly what God had allowed me to do before becoming the director of mission Inter Senegal. I was working on my own, you know, and I have co-workers who are going out in the villages, teaching and doing evangelism, etc. So I would like to encourage Damascus you know, uh, Road Church, L- reading again in Acts Act chapter 1, verse 8. You know, you know this one. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and utmost part of the earth. Where are these places? Where is Damascus Church? You know, in these three areas? Where do you feel? Where are you feeling God calling you, you know, to do ministry? Because I think when you are interested in reading maybe things that are posted on Facebook relate, in relation with the end of the world or when Jesus is coming back. It seems that we are in the end times. And it is, there is a pressure that we should really be talking to people about Jesus Christ. And this is an assignment given to the church. This is an assignment given to the church. And even I know Christ himself is helping the church in doing this work because in the areas that we the church cannot access with the gospel like in the areas where the Arab, Arab people are living, many are coming to Christ through visions of Jesus Christ and this is why I say the Lord is helping us with that work but in areas where there is peace, in areas where there is no danger, I think the church need to stand up and go and these two weeks I, uh, the first church I visited in, uh, in Peekskill, New York, First Baptist Church, we, they had uh, one week of mission, mission uh, conference. And they invited three missionaries. I was one of them. But something I, I, heard, I heard from there that was very encouraging to me was a quotation they gave from John, John Piper, who said that every believer is whether a zealous goer, or a zealous sender, or a zealous disobedient. I was, I was, I was amazed to this quotation, and I think he is right. Because the mission is something that the whole church is called to do. Not only the pastor, not only the missionaries, but every single member. Because this is, this is about witnessing the hope we have in Jesus Christ. And this is the calling that God is sending to you to witness, first of all, in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is medicine, you know? Are we really conscious about that God is calling us to witness to our families, to our neighbors, to share with them the hope we have in Jesus Christ? We should should not see this as the responsibility of the missionary, or as the responsibility of the mission committee of our church. But every single believer, if we really understand what we have in Jesus Christ, that without Jesus Christ, we cannot have salvation. I think this should be the most important thing in our lives. And I remember when I was in CAR, I was preaching in a church. It was about the hope we have in Jesus Christ, and suddenly I started to cry in the church, because my mind, my minds went to my family back in Senegal, my Muslim family who do not accept, who have not accepted Jesus Christ, and that gave me a very um, painful <coughs> feeling. And I said, we should not miss to witness to our families, to our neighbors, you know, the hope we have in Jesus Christ. The more we understand this hope, the more we will be willing to share this. Because it is a matter of you know, spending eternity with God, or spending eternity without God. So I really would like to encourage the Damascus church, uh, Road Church, because this is a mission that God, or oh Jesus Christ, has given to the church. To every single believer in him, yeah. we have the responsibility to share Christ. And let's see, let's think, let's, see, let's picture the image. When we do what the Lord is calling us to do, when we meet him someday in heaven, what do you think the Lord is going to tell you when he shakes your hand? That is what is encouraging me. You know, When I'm obedient to the Lord, and for sure, there is a rewarding for each individual who is obedient to our Lord Jesus Christ. I really want to encourage, you know, uh, Damascus church in having the passion, you know, to share the good news of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and beyond. Good. Thank you, Adama. Mm. Thank you. Mm.
1: We mm. thank him. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you very much. Mm-hmm. Adama, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that you have a you have a love for music and you love to lead worship and uh, I've asked Adama if he would lead us in worship now. Uh, he's going to come up and lead a song, grab a
2: guitar. Um, this, is a, this is a song sung in Wolof, yeah? Yes, it's a song in Wolof. I, I write songs, you know, for doing evangelism. I write songs in Wolof. I write songs also in Serer.
1: So we're going uh, to put up the Wolof so that you can see uh, the Wolof words, and then we'll put the translation under it. Um, I, I would encourage you to follow Adama's lead. And let's sing praise uh, to God this morning in Wolof, um, because God is the God of all languages. And we get to worship Him in a language we don't know. We can see what it means, um, and we can praise Jesus uh, that way. So will you lead us? Yes. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. So,
2: I wrote this song, you know, in Senegal, as I said, people, I mean, uh, sing praises to their uh, religious leaders, like the Marabos, mm. but in this song, I'm asking the questions. Who really deserves our praises? Is it this man or that man? Like, meaning, is it the religious leaders or is it Jesus Christ? I say, Jesus Christ. So you will be singing the verse, I and mean, the, the choir. I will sing the verses. So, <laughs> I will I will I will uh, maybe you can repeat after me The Kela amkela kila amkela ana kijara wei ana yesu wonderful kila amkela Kela, amkela ana khana baram bi yesu wonderful
0: ketla ketla na tijara wai e khana baram ketla ketla na tijara wai e baram bi yesu ketla na khana baram bi yes e kilantila nak jarawai e khana baram bi yes e kilantila nam jamuko ma barobar yi mama jarawai yal kon kilantila nak jarawai e khana baram bi yes e kilantila nak jarawai e khana Mammy de l'ossi, Maman Garaway, conki lanke là, nakara wey, na barangay, ti lanka, nakara wei, na barany so, enolenty mam dyamuto, my borobourier, maman yaraway, na ki yaraway. Killa, am mam na na Wow!
2: (laughs) Wow! Now, now you know how to sing in Wolof. (laughs) Thank you,
1: Adama. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. Uh, It's a joy. Thank you so much. Um, We'll get the joy of sending a team again at the end of January, and. being there. So the next time I see you, Amen. it'll be in Senegal. Amen. I'm looking forward to that. Amen. Amen. So, Thank you so much. Uh, church, we're, it's, it's noon. We need to go into our Operation Christmas Child um, party and packing. What I'd like to do right now is close. Um, and I'm going to pray for Adama. And I'd like, um, I'd, we're going to do it just a little bit different instead of our normal routine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and communion. I want to invite you again to communion through the party. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're invited to the table Mm -hmm. uh, to pick up the elements and recognize the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf and the life that he offers. Mm -hmm. And um, if you want to come up and do that uh, in the next half hour or so, uh, spend a few moments reflecting on that, you're invited to do that. Let's pray and we'll close our time and we'll move on to packing. Jesus, thank You. Thank You for Your Spirit's presence here this morning. Um, We thank You for the work that You're doing in our hearts, the work that You've done and are doing in Adam's heart and in his family, and the work that You're doing um, in Senegal and in the villages, the way Your Gospel is advancing. Mm -hmm. We pray, Lord, that we would respond to Adam's challenge, to Your challenge, to Your call to be Your witnesses right where we are, and in kind of ever-expanding, rippling ways, wherever you send us, that we would respond to that call. Mm -hmm. The verse says, you will receive power. Mm -hmm. And we know that you've already sent that power. We know that we're living in the reality that those of us who uh, have bowed to Jesus Mm -hmm. have already received that power. Mm -hmm. And so we could uh, adapt the words to where we are now to say, you have received power, and you are my witnesses. Mm-hmm. May we respond to that. May we live that Amen. every day. May we live like missionaries Amen. in this world. Amen. Jesus, thank you for the morning. Mm-hmm. We pray in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Pastor.